Hello, welcome to What is Wellness? I am Kristen O'Connor and I am your host. I decided that with our very first episode, I would interview myself. <laughs> um, you know, this podcast is going to be about this journey to discover what is wellness in um, interviews with people that are experts in various areas of wellness, but also people who are have just interesting and inspiring stories around wellness. Because I feel like as somebody who's, you know, been a private chef and been in the wellness space for over a decade, I hear people's stories every day. And sometimes it's just the person you end up in an elevator with who tells you something really interesting about their own personal journey that is just as inspiring as some amazing scientist who, who's, you know, discovered the new anti-aging cream. Okay, well, maybe nothing's more exciting than that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so I wanted to start this by asking myself, you know, what is wellness? You know, how do we define it? And in my space where I'm a private chef, I've written cookbooks for the blood type diet. And, um, you know, my whole focus has been to try to help people that I work with achieve optimal health. And then through that, I ended up um, sort of getting in this sort of niche space where I was helping athletes and actors achieve certain body goals or overcome, uh, you know, injury through food. So, you know, that has kind of shifted my perspective on wellness. But more recently, I have been thinking about how broad of a subject wellness actually is, which is why I really wanted to start this podcast and talk about wellness from, you know, a um, space that includes current issues that we're dealing with. Um, a space that talks about the barriers to wellness. Um, a lot of people say to me, well, it's really difficult for me to, to achieve because, you know, I'm a single mom and I work two jobs and how am I supposed to afford like goop products and all of the latest like healthy organic foods for my kid and this and that. And this is a real thing, you know, it's very easy for people coming from a place of privilege to talk about achieving wellness and, you know, all the anti-aging and, you know, having the best, um, you know, care in terms of doctors and therapists and acupuncture, um, you know, but when you think about being able to do that and achieve wellness for yourself in a place that's definitely more deprived or has a lot more barriers involved, then you're really talking about you know, bare bones, what do we mean by wellness and how can we make it kind of more broad and achievable for everybody? Um, and I guess that's, you know, an area of, you know, real interest to me and something I want to explore through this podcast alongside the other subjects, you know, I don't want to exclude the fact that like, yeah, we're all terrified of aging and, um, you know, <laughs> how, how do we learn about the foods and the products and the procedures and this and that that like can help us stay young and and then also the psychological impact what does that mean you know what are we doing to ourselves through that and then you know in my mind also the broadest question is you know where do we start with wellness you know and for me i think about the planet immediately 
and how, you know, we've been having this conversation about environmental health for such a long time now, but we've gotten to a point where we're really starting to see the impact that a poor baseline, which is our planet being unhealthy, you know, how that has a ripple effect um, on everything that that surrounds health. Um, you know, I don't even know where to start with my own journey, but I guess one of my first questions that I'll ask myself is how did I become passionate about wellness in this space? And I guess part of it was built in for me as a child. Um, my mom, you know, always was the one who, you know, back in the eighties sent us to school with the whole wheat bread, um, which now doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but back then it was, you know, we didn't ever have wonder bread. I always kind of like looked on at my classmates and was like, wow, that looks so delicious. <laughs> I remember the smell inside the health food stores in the eighties and nineties, like that, like very vitamin sharp smell of health food stores. And to this day, if I walk into a truly authentic health food store and I smell that, I'm like, oh, I feel nostalgic and I love it in a way I never did as a kid. Um, you know, her grandfather used to read Prevention Magazine, you know, this is like way back when, and educated himself a great deal on, on health. And so it was kind of like built into her that way. And then she built it into me. And, you know, I loved to cook growing up. So by the time I was, I'd say outside of college, I studied art and art therapy in graduate school. Um, but it was around that time when I was about 23 that I started to sort of refocus on food because I was having a ton of health issues that all resolved through changing my eating habits. And it wasn't anything like crazy dramatic. I mean, people have really amazing, intense, dramatic stories about health. Um, and how food has evolved, you know, like with cancer and all kinds of like really crazy things. Mine is a bit more gentle than that, but still I really reformed and changed my life around food. And so um, it was sort of natural for me to take my passion for cooking and my new knowledge of how impactful specific foods can be on our bodies and like how much that can change for our energy and our overall health and our weight and everything um, and sort of move myself into a career around that, that by the way, like evolved, like in a way and unfolded in a way that I never could have predicted. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I got into it. And then, um, you know, my perspective on wellness, you know, my next question is, I guess, to myself, like, how did my perspective on wellness shift and where is it at now? And I guess at the beginning, you know, of my early 20s and when I was starting to become aware of how impactful food can be on our bodies, I was just, you know, really focused on food. You know, food is wellness. That's it. It's pretty simple, straightforward. You eat well, you will feel well and be well. And, you know, obviously it's not that cut and dry and not that simple. Um, and through my own experiences, I've had far too many knee surgeries and like major, major ones. Um, and every time I would have to recover and kind of like re jumpstart my life afterwards, it would be a very long process, sometimes like, you know, a year. Um, and I would try to take classes and things that interested me while I was recovering. And <laughs> one time I took a bean to bar chocolate making class because 
earlier in that year, I was working for somebody who, you know, would travel sometimes. And when he was away, I built a chocolate, like, factory in his pool house. <laughs> Never leave me alone in your house. Side note. Um, but he loved it, I think. I think. Um but then I took this chocolate making course and it was amazing. It was this intensive three month program. We learned about terroir and like, it, it was like becoming this like wine connoisseur, but with chocolate and learning about how, you know, the different chocolate from all over the world tastes differently. It was just so, so, so cool. Um, but one of the most amazing things and impactful things to me was that we, part of the course was really talking about the fragility of cacao trees and thus chocolate um and it's so such a interesting topic um i could talk about it for hours and i'll try to keep this brief but basically what i realized was that you know we're trying to as a society you know basically like mass produce something and you know, obviously we do this with a lot of crops and with basically everything at this point in life but i'm just focusing on chocolates it's a great easy example but what happens is, you know, a big company will say, okay, well, we can see a profit here. This is a hugely popular product. You know, we can make it in X, Y, and Z ways. We can cheapen it by adding tons of sugar and, you know, milk product and all these different things. And, you know, this is great. So how do we maximize our like output on a cacao farm? Well, you know, in West Africa, you know, there's huge amounts of space we can slash and burn, um, you know, the, the trees and, and plant cacao trees and have them grow until they can't grow anymore. And then, you know, we'll hire like really cheap labor and we will um, have like so much chocolate output. It'll be incredible. and We'll make tons and tons of money. Well, it worked. But at the same time, you know, there are just like any species there are tons of genetic variations of cacao um, plants and trees. And basically what they do is use only one variety. So not only are the trees now growing in an unnatural environment because they're just planted in basically like an open space where when they naturally grow in a kind of like um, rainforesty situation, they're they thrive with trees that are much bigger than them, kind of like over them, um, like canopy trees that are over them. Um, and that's where they'll be able to produce the most and grow the longest. Um, so they won't have to be cut down as quickly and they'll be much more viable for much longer in that kind of setting. But of course, that doesn't serve the, you know, chocolate makers because the tree next to them that's really tall and a canopy tree is not producing cacao. So what's the point? So they cut it down. Not only that, but we're using just one genetic variety. And so it's like having something that's inbred. And when something's inbred like that over and over and over, the same thing happens with bananas and many other crops. But what ends up happening is that it becomes really weak and susceptible to disease. So there's a situation with this monoculture technique where you know, the farm is literally just cacao trees now. Um, they're using methods where they'll cut the trees down, burn the trees, which causes huge environmental impacts, um, you know, contributes to global warming. And then they also are only growing this one type of cacao 
and the soil becomes depleted because actually, actually soil is where all the nutrients come from for our food. So when the soil isn't getting that diversity of nutrients from a lot of other crops growing around in the same soil, then it just isn't serving as much. So taste, you know, like flavor gets depleted, everything is just depleted. And then, you know, and then the, the uh, crop is much more susceptible, susceptible, sorry, to disease. So I was reading this, learning about all this and thought to myself, wow, we're really fucked up. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, what are we doing? And for what purpose? Like, can't we all just like calm down with the chocolate, maybe eat a little less? And this is, by the way, coming from someone who is chocolate obsessed. I do eat chocolate every day. But now I make a huge effort to make sure that the chocolate that I do eat is um, sustainably sourced and bean to bar, you know, which again is more expensive, but then you eat less of it. So there's just such a balance in our society. Um, and so to me, wellness took a huge divergent course at that point. And I started thinking so much more about the environment. And one of my closest friends, Justin Winters, um, she was the director of the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation for, I think, 13 years, really, really long time. And she really educated me about what was going on in our world and um, in terms of environmental health. And that just like sparked my interest even more. And I started taking sustainable agriculture courses and really learning that, you know, through monoculture in our own country as well, we're not getting, you know, the same nutrient value that we used to get out of our vegetables. So when we're eating kale now, or we're, we're eating our greens or, you know, any veggies now, they're not possessing the same values of the nutrients that they used to. And that's, that sucks. I mean, that means what we have to eat like 10 times more, or we have to take vitamins or, you know, our food isn't as great as it used to be. I, you know, no matter what the scenario is, is this is not good. So we're sitting here and we're talking about wellness. And if you start the conversation saying, oh, let's eat well, clearly we're missing a whole other piece of this pie. Um, so that's, um, that's kind of how my perspective on it has evolved. Um, and of course, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg with the conversation around wellness, because, you know, there's also mental health and um, interpersonal relatedness and the whole movement of social media and how that has been such a huge impact on our younger generations my generation, older generations, everybody, um, in terms of being able to relate to each other and how that impacts our, like how well we are, you know, there are studies that female teenage suicide is, has rocketed, um, because of social media. Narcissism is becoming more pervasive because of social media. Um, and I don't want to make social media this like evil, villain. But, you know, the reality is I think a lot of these things are just something that we all need to be aware of and to start making a conscious effort 
to engage with each other in meaningful ways. And I think that's the kind of point of all of this, you know, is about being meaningful in life. I have started these wellness pods where I coach people for a month to try to help them train transform their eating habits and, you know, move from wherever their starting point is to a starting point that's more ideal for them, that helps them get closer to, you know, optimal health. And I tell all of them, listen, like, this isn't going to be like the most, you know, you're not going to see in a month's time, you know, your body transform in this like insane, massive way. And all of the problems that you've had before just completely disappear with a magic wand. It's not like that. Um, but, you know, the reality is it's so important to start just really looking at kind of our habits. And one of the things that keeps coming up with people that I've worked with, whether it's when I'm a private chef or whether it's, you know, coaching um, or just casually talking to friends is this whole idea of, you know, being present and being mindful. Yeah, it's like so cheesy and people just say that all the time. It's like, oh, you know, we have to practice mindfulness. We have to meditate, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when you actually do it, when you actually start to retrain your brain and try to put down your phone when you're talking to somebody and someone's sitting in your presence, put it away. Don't look at it. Like we're so addicted to our phones. We're so addicted to that. Like, like what we think is positive reinforcement from text messages or Instagram likes or whatever it is that, you know, we're less capable of being present in a moment with somebody. We're less capable of being present with our own selves. When we go for a walk, it's like the, I, I go for walks in New York city every day and I watch people walk by me and it's so i mean hundreds of people walk by me and it's so rare that i see somebody looking up i was walking with a friend the other day and she said i was talking about i, I do have these chronic migraines and she said to me just look 50 feet ahead and i was looking down i mean i wasn't looking at my phone but i was looking down at the ground and i looked i lifted my head up and looked into the distance and i like magically felt better just magically and it's amazing because, you know, we just have gotten so, I don't know, like sucked into these weird um, caves of social media and ourselves that everything is like happening inside our heads and it's not even real. And when we can't be present with each other, with ourselves, we definitely can't be present with our food and with our own bodies. And that contributes to illness and, you know, just like not being well with each other and with ourselves. And that's really stinks. And I'm not outside of any of this, by the way, <laughs> like I'm not talking to you about wellness from a perspective of having achieved some like high degree <laughs> of, you know, capability here. I definitely have my own struggles and I'll share them throughout this podcast um, as we talk to different people. But, you know, the reality is like we have so much to learn from each other, but we have to actually be there with each other. Um, and, you know, having that mindfulness is such an important, important part of it. And um, so, yeah, so I guess 
my, I'll wrap this up here, but I guess my last question to myself will be, what are my wellness goals? Oh boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> I love how, do, do you like, do you enjoy this conversation with myself? <laughs> because it's great. Uh, I'm stumping myself on that one. What are my wellness goals? Well, personally, I need to work on, I think, letting go a little bit of putting pressure on myself to be perfect all the time with food, with exercise, with, um, you know, choices and just realizing that life isn't like that. And, you know, you have to just kind of like let go and be yourself and not focus on, you know, even though social media is a part of everything that we do and I have to post this on social media amongst everything else, um, really stepping away from that in terms of how you value yourself and define yourself and, you know, realizing that every single day we have to find joy in that day and be present in that day. Um, I want to meditate more. I've never, ever been able to get on a solid track with meditation. That's a huge wellness goal of mine. Um, and yeah, I think for now, that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like after a couple of these podcasts and opening up my mind to other people's perspectives and views on wellness, I'll add to my list of my wellness goals. Um, but for now, I'm keeping it kind of simple. Anyway, thanks for listening to my view on what is wellness. And I can't wait for you to hear my first guest and follow along with me. So I hope you guys have a really great day and just pick one thing today to work on and as set a goal to make yourself more well just today. Just one little thing. Okay.